0: What's up, wrestling fans? Welcome to episode number 296 of the Smackout Moment Smack Talk Podcast. I'm your host, as always, Tony Mango, and this is the Hot Tags Edition of the week, where I'll be breaking down some of the current events, rumors, news, gossip, and everything else that went down in the world of professional wrestling over the past couple of days. How y'all doing tonight? Make sure you leave your comments below and tell me what you think about all the topics that we're going to be talking about here. And um, as you can tell by publish- the uh, published date on this, I'm recording this a little bit earlier than, than normal. Uh, I'm not gonna be available to do this on my normal Monday night kind of schedule. so we might miss a couple of hot tags here and there over the past uh, or next not past couple of days. I'm actually doing this uh, Saturday morning around like five o'clock in the morning or so. probably a couple of more stories will even come out Saturday afternoon and stuff and uh, if anything big happens, I'm not gonna be potentially doing a small package edition, but I'll carry it over into next week's hot tags or post up something on the website or something like that. Either way, you'll get my opinion somewhere along the line. Um, But we do still have a couple things we can talk about here. Because actually, the news gods have been kind of okay with us the past few days and given us a couple of actually pretty interesting things. A lot of them related to global force wrestling, honestly. But um, we don't want to talk too much about Impact. Instead, we're going to talk about some ramifications of WWE and GFW. And a couple of little side things, too. Um, start off with a side thing, though. There's a little bit of information about another edition of the upcoming WWE 2K18 game. We know that Seth Rollins is on the cover. We know that Kurt Angle is going to be one of the main featured people. And apparently now also John Cena is going to be one of the featured ones because they've announced the Cena Nuff edition, where, let me give you a little bit of a breakdown here, only 30,000 copies are going to be sold. And they go on sale for $150, which, ugh, at that point. But hey, if you're already willing to spend 60-something bucks on a game, maybe you want to spend double the amount. Or triple the amount, essentially. Uh, There's a couple things you can get in the process that maybe would be worth it if you're somebody who's into that. Uh, You can play as Batista and Rob Van Dam in this version. There are two playable versions of John Cena. One of them is the orange shirt style, and the other one's like a camo shirt from, I'm assuming, like 2007 or so. There's also the Kurt Angle pack included in this. The two versions of Kurt Angle in that one. One of them's bald and one of them's not bald, essentially. There's a commemorative plaque, which is one of those things that they package with a lot of different stuff, but no matter how commemorative it is and, you know, that ticket of authenticity and all that, it's never going to be something that you're really going to be like selling online. You know, back in the day we had like those Burger King things with Pokemon when that came out and, you know, collect these gold plated cards and you always see shit on the TV where it's, you know, the commemorative 911 quarters and different things. They're never worth a goddamn thing, but Hey, maybe you just like the plaque and you want it. Something else that comes in the pack. There's also a piece of the ring mat from when he won his 16th world title from AJ Styles at the Royal Rumble. So that actually is kind of cool if you're into that. And if you trust that it's actually a part of that ring mat instead of just a random ring mat that they cut up. Uh, John Cena action figure with a reversible t-shirt. And then they say even more bonus content with the season pass and some kind of bonus content for the super card thing, which if you had listened to, I think it was the past mailbag where it might have been the last hot tags, where I was talking about cards don't make much sense to me like that, like digital cards, I don't know. Actually, I don't know. If at, uh, one, of, one of those editions, I've done that recently. So the Seen Enough edition is going to be coming out, and if you are willing to spend $150 on that, if you think that that's a good enough deal, start placing your uh, orders. 30,000 copies, I don't know if that's going to sell out or not, but hey, if you like it, sign up for it. Try to get it as much as you can. But we have a couple other stories that are a little bit more related to some ongoing issues that I think that we can dive into a little bit more. One of them is one of the main, main stories we got to talk about here. There was an incident with Braun Strowman and Karen Jarrett in a bar. And the story goes as follows, according to various different reports on the internet, which you always have to take everything with a grain of salt, because you never know what exactly is true, what's BS, you know. But Karen Jarrett apparently went up to Braun Strowman in a bar where both WWE and GFW stars were hanging out. It was something to do with Jeff Hardy's band. So, a couple different crossover people. You know, he's in WWE now. He's been in Impact for a while. He's got a lot of friends on both sides. And they were all hanging out and everything, and Karen Jarrett went up to Braun Strowman and said that he's one of her son's favorite wrestlers, and she wanted an autograph. He, not knowing who she was, very rudely turned her down. Karen uh, then flipped out and threatened to tell Kurt Angle about the incident and kind of get him in trouble with everybody on Monday Night Raw. Then Strowman got on his knees and he begged her not to say anything, and she called him out by saying that he never would have done that if he didn't know who she was. And no matter who she was, he shouldn't have acted like that to any mother trying to get an autograph for her kid. Now, of course, this is subject to some speculation, as I said. One source says it was, quote, a drunken conversation between two drunk people in a bar that got loud, nothing more. And there's a lot of stuff in the past that seems to indicate that Braun Strowman isn't the type of guy to act like an ass either. Uh, there's a good chance that if he did turn her down, he did it because she was acting like an ass. Because you can't rule that out, you know. Or maybe the situation is exactly how it's been explained, and maybe Stroman was being the dick about it. If he was being a dick, he shouldn't have done that. If he wasn't a dick, and this is Karen's fault, then stop being so spoiled and entitled. And just because you go up to somebody, they might not necessarily know who you are. And if there's a possibility, it's well, too, that maybe she got a little bit insulted that he didn't know who she was. So it's all hearsay and speculation and whatever, and... If this isn't anything and the story is bullshit, then hey, at least I have a hot tag for the week, right? (laughs) Uh, If this is a real big issue, though, and it does kind of make itself a black mark for Braun Strowman, then that's not good for him because they do punish people in WWE for doing these kind of things, whether it's something that's particularly bad or just kind of a social faux pas. So if he's got this match coming up at SummerSlam, the Fatal 4-Way, I didn't think that Braun Strowman had much of a chance at all to win it to begin with, but now, if this is a possibility of something that's truly kind of lingering over his head, like a black cloud, then that hinders his chances even more. I still think that Brock Lesnar is going to be retaining, which is pissing me off, because I really want Roman Reigns to win, or Samoa Joe at that point, I don't really care, or Braun Strowman, because I like Braun Strowman a lot. But I don't think that if he loses, that people are going to be able to just go, Well, you see, it goes to the Karen Jarrett thing. I don't think that that's the case. I think that Strowman wasn't going to win to begin with, and it might just be a coincidence, you know? It is still something interesting, though. It's still something that there's a possibility he gets some kind of negative repercussions, or maybe it's just nothing. Maybe it's blown over. Maybe by the end of the night, it blew over. We're, you know, we'll have to see. But that takes us into something... And there's really no transition for this on the most part, uh, other than the fact that it's got a little bit of a tie to global force wrestling. Jack Swagger is possibly going to GFW. A little bit of rumors hanging around that he's going to be going there pretty soon. And we've been hearing a lot more about Rey Mysterio going to GFW because now apparently the reason that that might happen is that Conan is dealing with Rey Mysterio's uh, business management side of things and WWE doesn't like Conan. So pretty hard to be a manager And to get the best for your client if people don't like to talk to the manager. But Jack Swagger might not be the same case. We know that he's not just going to come back to WWE. He just left WWE. Him going to Global Force makes sense. He's at least somewhat friendly with Alberto Del Rio. Del Rio has a little bit of pull there still. He hasn't been taken off of that uh, suspension yet, but he will be at some point. Uh, that was another story. I'm not even going to mention it a whole lot, but he was a little bit exonerated. They gave out the r- police reports of everything that happened at the airport, and it seems to be falling mostly on page, but uh, the whole criticism has been that they're both fucked up. Um, anyway, back to Jack Swagger. Jack Swagger going to GFW makes a lot of sense. I think that Ring of Honor could have been a decent spot for him. I think that New Japan could have been a decent spot, but he does clearly like wrestling enough that he wouldn't just give it up. And he's not going to get some, you know, acting career. And go into GFW, he'll be treated like a huge, huge star. And that's probably what he wants. So if he gets a world title reign, hey, he gets another world title reign. He's already done it in the WWE, so it's not like it's like he needs to check that off or something. But maybe he ends up staying there and he lasts a long, long time. And, you know, kind of hangs around like Bobby Lashley did or something. Maybe. I don't know. Jack Swagger is the type of guy that I think WWE could have used better but I haven't missed him since he's been gone. So if he goes to GFW, it's not going to make any difference. GFW is not going to get like significantly more, uh, higher view rates or a lot of interest from different companies. It's Jack Swagger. He's not the rock. He's not John Cena. He's not even Randy Orton. And Randy Orton is a big enough name that he would make a little bit of a splash. But I honestly don't think anybody at this point would do that for GFW because they had Hulk Hogan at one point and nobody cared. Hulk Hogan is the guy Essentially, to bring in some kind of name uh, recognition. Stone Cold Steve Austin, a little bit too. You know, I mean, short of anything like Vince McMahon goes to GFW, it's not going to make that much of a difference. But there's a possibility that we see some other people from GFW go to WWE instead. They released a fan council survey about non WWE wrestlers at the time, try to gauge a little bit of interest in seeing, you know, who's really all that popular who is, like, not getting as much of uh, notoriety from the fans. And I wouldn't be surprised if the whole entire point of this was just for maybe a few people on the list, just to see how many people actually voted for them. So I'm going to read off the list here. These are the people that were involved in that survey, asking people, you know, is there any interest in bringing these into WWE? The Young Bucks, Ethan Carter III, who, if you remember, he used to be in WWE as Derek Bateman, Kenny Omega, Bobby Lashley, again, somebody who's been in WWE before, Kenny King, the current knockouts champion, Sienna, Angelina Love, the current tag team champions from GFW, Ortiz and Santana of LAX, Tiger Mask, Phoenix, that's F-E-N-I-X, I believe he was in Lucha Underground, we have the Briscoes from Ring of Honor, Kushida, Pentagon Dark, Kazuchika Okada, uh the Mac. I don't know who the Mac is. Huh. Deanna Perrazzo. Deanna Perazzo's been in WWE over and over and over again. She actually worked the match for May Young's uh the May Young classic, so I don't know why they necessarily needed to throw her in there. Hangman Page, uh, Hiroshi, Tanahashi, Taya, who is either married or engaged right now to um John Morrison. Kelly Klein, Will Ospreay, Son of Havoc, Marty Skrull. That's how you pronounce it, right? I think so. War Machine, Killshot, Jushin, Thunder Liger, Texano, Mil Mortes, Tetsuya Naito, and Zack Sabre Jr. Now, you might recognize some of the names on this list. I mean, some of them I already gave a little bit of shout-out to, but... Zack Sabre Jr. was part of the Cruiserweight Classic. He did not want to sign with WWE because he wanted to go around and do some more, you know, just other stuff elsewhere. You should probably recognize Jujan Thunder Liger. He's been around for God knows how many years. He actually worked a match on an NXT TakeOver. I think Brooklyn won against Tyler Breeze. Uh, Will Ospreay's been all over the news for a while. We've got Okada, of course. Okada and Omega have been having their matches. Everybody's going nuts over. Omega seems like he just needs to come to WWE. It's been a while and just kind of cut to the chase there was a little bit of interest before in the Briscoes, and I think that there was a little bit of interest in Angelina, uh, Angelina Love. I was called on her Angelina Jolie. <laughs> Remember, guys, it's 5 a.m. I'm recording this. Um, yeah, the, she seemed like she might have been somebody who was interested in uh, the WWE thing before, but maybe I'm thinking of Velvet Sky at the time. I know that she was part of a diva search, so I might just be m- merging the two. Lashley, of course, was in WWE for a little bit. Same thing with EC3. Young Bucks have had their tryout in the past. Kenny King, I think, had a tryout too, now that I'm thinking about it. But as far as this list goes, I'm unfamiliar with some people. Like, I do not know anything for the most part about. I've never heard of Hangman Page. I don't know Kelly Klein. I don't know War Machine. The only War Machine I know is from the Iron Man films. So. I, I can't say anything about them, but as far as the people that I do know, Zack Sabre Jr. to me seemed like he was a talent that makes sense to come in WWE, but at the same time wasn't a necessity. I actually preferred if they would have gotten Koto Ibushi instead. The Young Bucks totally could come in WWE, but they also feel like they're bigger than WWE at the moment on their own. And if they come into WWE, they're going to be humbled a lot. And I don't think that they're going to really like that, and we could see an Austin Aries situation where they stay for a year and then they're gone. EC3 needs to come back to WWE. He needs to come back and he needs to go to NXT and he needs to be a top guy there. It just needs to happen. Kenny Omega, he needs to come up straight to the main roster, have some feud with AJ Styles or, I don't know, Finn Balor, you know, do something like that. Lashley, uh, he was saying before that he was interested in just kind of quitting WWE, or he, at least he was told that he should quit WWE, not WWE, wrestling in general. And just focus on MMA. I don't know if that's necessarily the best course of action for him, but I wouldn't be opposed if that's the case. And Kenny King, somebody that actually wanted to come into WWE years ago. So I would be cool with anybody on this list that is good that I'm unaware of, you know, uh, like Phoenix. I don't know anything about Phoenix. If he's great, cool, bring him into the WWE. I don't know anything about Ortiz and Santana. If they're great, we could use more tag teams. But if any of these people are going to actually come, because this is no indication that they're actually getting into WWE. This is just a generic survey of who do you know, who would you be interested in, that kind of thing. If any of these people actually are going to come to WWE, I would think that it would boil down to Kenny Omega in a year or so, Diana Perrazzo, maybe Jushin Thunder Liger as like, um, not like an ambassador role, but just show up every once in a while at the Performance Center kind of thing. Will Ospreay is a definite possibility. And now that they've gotten a little bit here and there with uh, Zack Sabre Jr., maybe he wants to kind of work his way back in there. But a lot of these people I can't imagine getting in there. As much as it pains me to say it, I don't think the EC3 would be coming in because he still is too big of a part of Impact. And he'll probably get some kind of deal with them, but... Hey, uh, I want to know what you guys are interested most out of those names. If you have any particular that you would like to see or, you know, if there's any that you don't want to see, let me know that too. But we have two more hot takes to talk about, so we're not wrapping this up yet. One thing is, as far as when it comes to WWE and getting more people in the company and stuff, uh, moving around the roster a little bit, there are reports which may or may not be fabricated. We're hearing some contradictory things that there could be another superstar shakeup coming after SummerSlam. And the most interesting thing to me about this isn't necessarily that there could be a shakeup, but that the target would be main roster people going to NXT. That's the flip side of what we normally get. We normally get somebody moves up from NXT and then that's it. Every once in a while people have done that in the past. Titus O'Neil went back down to NXT for a little bit. Tyson Kidd did and he ended up working a lot better there and he kind of like Figured out a little bit more of his character. Cesaro did a little stint. Um, It's good for certain people. And the philosophy behind this, if it's true, is main roster people that Vince McMahon has no intention of pushing anytime soon will go down to NXT so they can seem like a bigger deal. What's very interesting to me about that is the implication that if people come from the main roster down to NXT we're going to need to move a couple people from NXT up to the main roster. So we talk about this all the time, but I think it's worth doing a little bit of a recap. People from NXT that can come up to the main roster. First thing that comes to my mind is Bobby Roode. Bobby Roode can drop that title to Drew McIntyre, move up to Raw or SmackDown, preferably uh, SmackDown, preferably Uh And he can have a feud with amazing different people. Chris Jericho can have a great feud with them. AJ Styles can have a great feud with them. John Cena can have an amazing feud with Bobby Roode. There's a lot of variety. Sami Zayn would be a perfect opponent for Bobby Roode. He would be my go-to guy. Johnny Gargano I think, is ready. He could come up and they can either bring him into the 205 Live Cruiserweight division, or he can come up and just be a mid-carder or... Maybe get another tag team gig, but I'd rather him just be a big starter or, uh, eh, I'd take him in the cruiserweight division. We might disagree on this one, but I think that No Way Jose might be ready enough to go to the main roster. Maybe Roderick Strong. I don't really know about that 100% for sure. Eric Young, I think, is ready for the main roster, but not the rest of Sanity. And that's a little tricky because Sanity can't exist without Eric Young. But what do you do with Eric Young if you bring him up anyway? So that's a little tough. I don't want Sanity to come up yet. Maybe they will. Wouldn't be the worst thing in the world. We'll see what happens. Um, Not a whole lot of other people know like Oni Lorcan can come up, but he can be on the cruiserweight side of things and he doesn't really need to make that big of a splash. I don't think today with Tommy's ready. I don't think that you want to bring up like a Bobby Fish or anything. I don't even think that Andrade Almas is ready. So... Uh, As far as the women go, though, Asuka, Billy Kay, Peyton Royce, all three of them should be coming up by the end of the year, as far as I'm concerned, and the rest of them can stay down there because Ember Moon can be the champion. Nikki Cross can get a little bit of more time on her own. Uh, We need, obviously, like Sonya Deville and Aaliyah and all them to kind of hunker down, and we know that the Mae Young Classic is going to bring in a lot more women, so it's more room for Royce and um, Billy Kay. But, as far as main roster people going down to NXT, hmm, that's a little tough because you don't want to bring somebody down or bump somebody up and kind of, like, switch the places and stuff that you don't have plans for in NXT either. And you don't want to bring somebody from the main roster, put them on NXT and take out the possibility of them teaming up with somebody on the main roster or having some kind of a decent feud or whatever. So here are my thoughts. Uh, I might change my mind over the next couple of weeks or so, but at, at least right now, as far as Saturday morning on the 29th, I could see, I, I wouldn't want pa- Apollo Crews. Apollo Crews needs to stay on the main roster, but Dallas is doing his, his uh, Misturage thing right now. If it wouldn't have been for the Mistrash thing, I, I would have thought Curtis Axel would have been a perfect pick for that. Hawkins is a possibility. Darren Young, I think, is almost a guarantee. He is ready to come back into the ring. He's got a better look to him now, and he's just he doesn't work on the main roster. So either you tag him up with somebody else, you jab him out, or you throw him in NXT. And even if he's in NXT. I don't really know if I really care that much to see him, but... um, At this point, Enzo cannot go down. He needs to go to the Cruiserweight division, as far as I'm concerned. Uh, Kalisto is a possibility. I wouldn't be too shocked about that. I think it would be interesting if R-Truth went down to NXT. That would be pretty good. Good little spot for him. And then there's nobody else on, on the Raw roster. Maybe the Cruiserweights have somebody, but... None of the women on the Raw roster except for maybe Summer Rae. Uh, Maybe Alicia Fox. But that's it for uh, the Raw side of things. As far as the SmackDown side of things, let's see. We've got... You can't do anything with James Ellsworth. You can't do, like, the Usos. And you can't bring somebody like Ty Dillinger up and then just put him right back down. The Ascension is maybe a tag team that they would bring down. I wouldn't be too opposed to Primo and Epico, kind of. I don't know. That's a little tough. Sin Cara could go back down, and I don't think that anybody would really care. But that's there's not many people on the SmackDown side of things. So the main things I can see is you you take off a Bobby Roode from NXT, you put him in the main roster. You take Asuka, Billy Kay, and Peyton Royce, put them on the main roster. Preferably separate rosters, I think. And Darren Young goes down to NXT. He he is a guarantee for NXT, I think. If this is a guarantee. It might not even be a guarantee. It might be total bullshit. So we need to keep uh, that in mind. But if they switch between Raw and SmackDown, then who knows? I mean, we didn't think that certain shakeups were going to happen with the last one. And if they change their plans as far as what to do for WrestleMania and stuff... Maybe we get, you know, Roman Reigns going over to SmackDown. Maybe we get uh, Samoa Joe going over to SmackDown. So he could do some kind of a feud with John Cena. Well, John Cena is a free agent now, so it doesn't really matter. But there's a wide variety of different possibilities they could do this. Or we can be waiting weeks and weeks and weeks after SummerSlam and nothing happens at all. It's always a possibility, guys. Finally, last thing to talk about here. Just a little short thing. That's kind of a joke in itself they have decided to shorten Elias Sampson's name from, of course, he was the drifter, Elias Samson, and then they stopped calling him the drifter, then he just became Elias Samson. Now he's just Elias, which follows a little bit of a trend of what we've seen in the past. We've seen, uh, what's his name, Alexander Rusev, just be Rusev. We've seen Adrian Neville become Neville. Antonio Cesaro is Cesaro. Big E Langston is Big E. Colin Cassidy is Big Cass. So... They've got a precedent for this. I don't know why they do it. I think it's pretty dumb. If he's Elias Samson, you can still call him Elias, and he can still just be Samson. He starts off every single uh, little musical performance with, who wants to walk with Elias? We know he's Elias Samson. You're not changing his name. It's not like he went from Elias Samson to, like, I don't know, Ted Williams or something, where you really need to kind of change the whole gimmick around. He's still the same guy. He just dropped Samson. So it's weird that they do this kind of stuff because I wonder who backstage is the one bitching and complaining that like, damn it, people, you know, buy into Elias Samson a lot more if he was just Elias because Samson sounds unthreatening or, you know, it doesn't make any sense. But yeah, so he's just Elias. So we have another person that's kind of like Madonna or Cher where they're just one name. That's it. I think it's kind of dumb. I don't really see the point but at least they're not changing him to something worse. He's not Elias Cuddy or something. So that's it uh, for the hot tags as far as Saturday morning goes. Again, as I mentioned before, if we have any really crazy hot tags, then check out my Twitter, check out the Facebook stuff on the Mega Maniacs, and maybe I'll even write up a little post on the website to kind of cover a little bit of that. If that's, you know, something huge happens or whatever, but Yeah, uh, that's it for these week's hot tags. As I said, so leave your comments below and tell me what you thought. And hit that subscribe button if you haven't done that already. Give this video a thumbs up as well. And that's going to do us in for all the content that I've already pre-recorded too. So (laughs) the next thing you guys are going to be hearing me from is the IWC outreach. And then the Sporkle quiz of the SummerSlam wrestlers over the course of the next few days. And I'll be back next week with episode number 297, all the content that's happening there, which is most likely going to be the main event of Fantasy Booking SummerSlam 2017. So stay tuned for that. I already have my graphics up and everything. And uh, uh, we'll get to that when we get to that. But thanks to everybody for listening. This has been another SmartCount moment, and I'm being counted out.